Welcome to today's edition of the Author's Corner, brought to you by KNEO 91.7 FM, The Word. This is Roberta Foster, and today I'm pleased to welcome Bodie Hodge to Author's Corner. He's written the book Dinosaurs, Dragons, and the Bible, and it's published by Master Books, and he'll tell you uh, where you can get a copy for yourself. A little bit about Bodie. He's an author and speaker at Answers in Genesis, the Creation Museum, as well as the Ark Encounter. He has served as general editor of the uh, World Religions and Cults, as well as Glasshouse Books, among many others. Bodhi, thank you so much for being with us on Author's Corner. Hey, it's great to be on the program. When I saw this book come through, it's like, well, this is cool. And yet, in my mind, I'm like, why is this so necessary? Um, <laughs> but uh, you tell us that just bringing up the word dinosaurs, for a lot of people, that just automatically allows them to entertain the myth of evolution. That's exactly right. A lot of people out in the world, they've just been trained uh, to think dinosaurs and evolution in millions of years, they just put it all together because so many people have been influenced by an evolutionary worldview, whether it was in public school, mm-hmm. in the media, TV shows, and so forth. Right. So, yeah, they're they're heavily influenced by that. But I like to look at this from a biblical viewpoint. Start with the Bible, and it actually makes sense of dinosaurs. Absolutely. The thing I really liked as I was looking at the book is that your chapter headings are actually questions. So in reality, if a person wants to dig right into a specific question that interests them, they can jump to that. Although I recognize that you have the book put together in a chronolo- or a, a, a nice flow. But the first one is actually um, very important even for Christians to understand. Uh, why is it uh, important for Christians to understand the subject of dinosaurs and, and w- how they really came to be? Well, yeah, and it really is. Uh, you know, I've had a lot of Christians, you know, that say, hey, you know, our, our church never talks about dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. We've, never even, we've never even entertained the idea. And uh, yet at the same time, you know, they're influenced by the world. And so it's good for them to go, okay, now I see why it's important. We need to understand this from a biblical viewpoint in the same way we under, we're supposed to understand everything from a biblical viewpoint. We need to start with God and His Word. Let Him be the absolute mm-hmm. authority when we look at dinosaurs, when we look at rock layers, when we look at the world, when we look at other people, when we see death and suffering, we need to start with God and His Word. And guess what? Those subjects, when you look at them from a biblical viewpoint, Mm -hmm. it's like this aha moment for a Christian. So it really is exciting. Well, let's answer one of these basic questions. Is the word dinosaurs even in the Bible? So how can we use that as our framework? You know what, if you grab a Bible program and you uh, search dinosaur, you know what, it's not going to pop up. And I've had people say, well, the word dinosaur isn't in the Bible, you know, so how how do we, you know, how do we even Mm -hmm. look at this subject? Well, there's actually other words that were used for the Bible, and there's other phrases and terminology that included creatures like dinosaurs. Like right there in Genesis chapter 1, God created the beasts of the earth. Mm. Well, that includes dinosaurs. Um, When you look at some of these specific creatures like behemoth in Job chapter 40, it's 
you know, it gives this really long description mm-hmm. of it. It's actually very similar to something like a sauropod dinosaur. But then there's this other word. There is a word called dragon. And the word dragon included creatures like dinosaurs. Now, dinosaurs, let, let, let me explain dinosaurs for a second, because yeah. they are very specifically defined. In fact, that's one of the chapters in here, too. Uh, the definition of a dinosaur is that it is a land reptilian creature that has one of two hip structures so that it raises its body up off the ground. In other words, if it has sprawling uh, uh, legs, like a crocodile or a Komodo dragon, they're not considered dinosaurs. But if the legs have, they're, they're underslung from the body and the body stands up, then that's a dinosaur. So think of a T-Rex or mm-hmm. think of a, a Triceratops or Stegosaurus. Those, by definition, are dinosaurs. So hopefully that uh, gets us started on this subject uh, uh, about dinosaurs in the Bible. I hear the word worldview different times, and what you've talked about so far is some of that is important that Christians actually strive to have a Christian worldview rather than secular. And does your book help to um, maybe reform some Christians' way of thinking? I think it really does. And in fact, that's an important point. We want to look at the world the same way God does. Mm-hmm. So, you know, God reveals to us his word. You know, we got the 66 books of the Bible. And, you know, when we look at the world in light of what God says, we're, we're trying to think God's thoughts after him, if you will. And so what it is, is there's a different worldview that's floating around out in our culture. It is a secular worldview. It actually comes from the religion of secular humanism. And a lot of us have been taught it. We've heard different aspects of it. If you've ever heard things like Big Bang or Millions of Years or Evolution, those are subsets of a secular worldview. Now, as a Christian, I want to go back to the Bible. I want to start with the Bible. Mm-hmm. God created everything in six days. He rested on the seventh. Hey, that's not a problem for an all-powerful God. That's actually all too right. easy. <laughs> it was a perfect creation as well. That's something we need to remember. At the end of the creation week, God declared everything very good. That's what we expected from a perfect God was a perfect creation. Deuteronomy 32.4 says every work of God is perfect. The work of creation was perfect. But we're in a culture where people look around and they say, but but I had a pet die, or I had a family member die, or I know somebody with cancer. You know, they, you see these horrible atrocities on the news, and they say, well, why isn't the world perfect? Well, mm. that brings us to the third chapter in the Bible. When Adam and Eve sinned against God, everything changed. That's when death and suffering came into the world. When Adam and Eve defied God's command not to mm-hmm. eat from this this fruit. God cursed the ground. He cursed the animals. He sentenced man to die. That's why we need a Savior to save us from sin and death. In fact, that's why we need a new heavens and a new earth. This one's cursed and broken. Mm -hmm. But in light of that, those are two different worldviews, the secular worldview versus a biblical or a Christian-based worldview here. And I want to encourage people to get back to the Bible, look Mm -hmm. at all things in light of God and His Word. It really does help you open your mind up to go, oh, now everything makes sense. Amen. Well, I am talking today with Bodie Hodge regarding his book, Dinosaurs, Dragons, and the Bible, which is published by Master Books, and you're listening to Author's Corner. I'm Roberta Foster. Well, a very common question. I'm sure you hear it multiple times a day with the work at the uh, Creation Institute or the ARC. Were dinosaurs on the ark? How could those great big creatures be on the ark and to have so many of them? So why don't you tell us the simple answer to that? Well, the simple answer is if you've ever been to the ark encounter, you'll see them on there. You're like, hey, look, there they are. I saw them. 
Uh, you know, and I, it's exciting, you know, when people go through the ark and they see the dinosaurs. So, yeah, dinosaurs would have been on board Noah's ark. First off, Noah's ark was huge. It was absolutely gigantic, mm-hmm. over 500 feet long, had three decks on it. And these are pretty good-sized decks, by the way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the Bible says take two of every land-dwelling, air-breathing animal. And, of course, you took seven of some of the clean ones. And if you take the juveniles, the smaller ones on board, they easily fit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we worked with researchers to figure out, well, how many different kinds of dinosaurs are there? And uh, we had a range, anywhere from a minimum of about 36 to a maximum of about 85. Just mm-hmm. for those listeners out there, a kind is anything that can interbreed together. And, uh, you know, but dinosaurs aren't around today, so we can't see what's interbreeding with each other. That's why we have this range, this estimate here. Okay. But, uh, I mean juveniles, uh, you know, if there's 85, I mean, they would easily fit on board the Ark. It's actually a very small footprint on the Ark. Hmm. Fossils are oftentimes used to determine the age of the Earth and the things that are found there. Are we going to, or have you found uh, where you find fossils of both (laughs) dinosaurs and human beings um, buried together or in that same layer? Well, what we do, we you know, we would say that most of the fossils of humans that we found are post-flood. As Noah's family is going around to different parts of the world, sometimes they get caught in volcanoes. Um, you know, you might think of Pompeii, you know, for example, that's a, that's a famous example. Uh, but sometimes we find them in burial form and so forth. Now, when it comes to dinosaurs, dinosaurs are found in three particular rock layers, and these are flood rock layers. They are the Triassic, uh, Jurassic, and the Cretaceous rock. Now, let's just say, for example, that we were in a different rock layer, like the Permian rock, and, and it's all defined as the Permian rock, and all of a sudden you find a dinosaur in it, that rock layer gets redefined to be one of the dinosaur rock layers. So there's a little arbitrariness in there. But we have not found a human and a dinosaur buried together, but I really wouldn't expect it. There's only 10 generations from Adam to Noah before the flood came, only 10. Mm. So how many people were actually on the world? Mm-hmm. I mean, you could potentially get millions. But uh, at the same time, you know, I mean, Noah didn't have any children until he was 500 years old, you know, so some people were waiting a long time before they had some of their children. So I would suggest the population growth rate was much slower. People were living much longer ages. And 120 years before the flood, God said, wow, the earth is violent. They're being so evil and terrible. Every thought was evil all the time. Just think, in a world like that, if everybody was a murderer, the population cuts in half every single day. Mm. So I don't know how many people were actually around right when the flood began. Of course, there were some, and they died in the flood. But what are the odds them and a, and a dinosaur are going to get buried together? Mm. It's, it's pretty, it would be pretty rare. It's like today, even, if there was a massive worldwide global flood today, what are the odds a human and a lion are going to get buried together? Okay. <laughs> Yeah, they're they're probably not living near each other. The odds are actually extremely low. So, you know, there's good reasons why I wouldn't expect to find them. Now, we do find a lot of creatures that are not buried with dinosaurs that, uh, uh, you know, were still living today or still living back then. Think of crocodiles. You know, we don't find humans and crocodiles buried together, and yet we know they live together at the same time. So, you know, we have to be very careful and have to look very closely at this uh, type of a question so that we understand it better. Science was not my my favorite subject in school. <laughs> <laughs> and and so some of these things, um, I know I've I heard about them very lightly when I was a child and things. Is there a theory that dinosaurs actually evolve into birds? 
Yeah, that's very common out there today among the evolutionists. In fact, I would say that's probably the most popular view. And, of course, you know, every time somebody brings that up, I just can't help but think about driving through a, a KFC or a Chick-fil-A going, oh, boy. <laughs> but, uh, you know, of course, the Bible disagrees with that position because yeah. birds, that is flying creatures, winged creatures, which includes bats and pteranodons and so forth, they were all made on the fifth day of creation, a day before the dinosaurs were even made. Oh. But see, out in the secular world, they see just like a, a few things that have some common similarities between birds and mm-hmm. certain dinosaurs. Uh, you know, for example, you know, there's two different hip structures that dinosaurs have. Uh, they call them a lizard hip and the other's called a bird hip. Now, the bird hip has some similarities to modern bird hips, but they are different, actually. But see, people get that in their mind. Oh, it's got a bird hip. Well, maybe it's evolving into a bird. And, of course, they want to throw out some other factors as well. But really what we're finding are dinosaurs and we're finding birds. But because so many evolutionists have bought into this idea that dinosaurs evolved into birds, they've taken all the birds out of the classification system, and they now lump them under dinosauria or mm. dinosaurs. They, they actually call dinosaurs birds now, or birds of dinosaurs. So it actually kind of shocks me. Uh, to me, that's actually not good science, mm-hmm. but uh, that is happening in our culture, and we have to deal with it. Mm. Well, I'm sure that... People interested in this subject, picking up a copy of your book, uh, will be able to have a lot of their questions answered. And um, the book is Dinosaurs, Dragons, and the Bible, written by Bodie Hodge and published by Masterbooks. Uh, Bodie, what's the best way people can find a copy of this book? The easiest is probably just hop on AnswersInGenesis.org. Again, that's AnswersInGenesis.org and uh, type in dinosaurs, dragons in the Bible, and it'll pop up, and you can buy it through there. Or you can buy it at the Ark Encounter or the Creation Museum, or you can get it directly through the publisher, masterbooks.com, if you would like. But uh, you might be able to find it at some of your local Christian bookshops as well. Wonderful. And are you working on another project? Oh, I'm working on a whole (laughs) host of them. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, there's always uh, several of them in the works. Uh, I've actually got a number of books that are out already. I've got one on the Tower of Babel and the Flood of Evidence. And, uh, you know, I've got uh, just uh, a host of different ones. I've been involved in books on evolution and world religions. And I want to encourage people to check some of those different books out as well if they'd like. Well, again, I really like the way this is structured by starting off with a very common question. And then you, uh, within just a few pages, answer that question so people can uh, pick it up and study a little bit at a time and um, really come to have the proper worldview that, that God would be pleased with. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. And one more time, the book is Dinosaurs, Dragons, and the Bible, written by Bodie Hodge. And we appreciate you tuning in to Author's Corner. If you missed any part of today's interview or would like to just hear it again, you can do so by uh, connecting with your favorite podcast platform. And join us again next time on Author's Corner. If you live within the broadcast area of KNEO Radio, we have a podcast just for you. The KNEO Community Connection keeps your finger on the pulse of what's coming up in the four-state area, telling you about upcoming events you don't want to miss, organizations in our communities doing great work, and conversations with the dynamic citizens who are behind it all. There's a lot going on around you that you don't want to miss. This is Luke Taylor. Join me each week as we talk about what's happening with the people who are making it happen. Brought to you by KNEO Radio 91.7 FM, and the Sky High Podcast Network. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts.